Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Harley loves Ilya. He gives her purpose, her life purpose, and sets her passion ablaze. So when he asks her to prove her love by slitting her wrist, she obliges with only mild hesitation, perhaps because of her all-consuming love, heroin. Directed by celebrated filmmakers Josh and Benny Softie, some of their early works includes Lenny Cook and Daddy Longlegs. Heaven Knows What blends fiction and formalism and raw verite as it follows a young heroin addict, Ariel Holmes, who finds mad love in the streets of New York City. Guys, are you there? Oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you there? Are you there? Yeah, you, oh, sound like, you sound like you're in another room. Can you hear us? Yeah, yeah. I, I, is that? Uh, let me see. I've got you on. It should be. Yeah, I, I am in another room. <laughs> no, I, I don't. Can you? But if you could hear me, okay. I think we're going to be. No, not now. You now you sound great. Oh, good. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I hit the wrong button. That's why I was so sounded so far away. Welcome, Benny. Welcome, Josh, to uh, film school. Thank you so much for oh, being here. I thought I thought that we already graduated. Well, I never, <laughs> yeah. I never graduated. <laughs> you know, I find you know it's funny how many great filmmakers I've had on the show who uh, started film school or never went, and and yeah. it's worked out just great. And I think uh, mm-hmm. you, uh, which one of you said you hadn't gone to film school? It was Benny. No, I, we both went. We both went. We went to a school of communication. Gotcha, but, gotcha. Uh, I, Benny Benny graduated in three years, okay. and I. Never got my diploma, but um, I was pretty close. Yeah, they no. tell, they, they, they're pretty. They, they say that you graduated. Yeah, yeah, they're very proud to say that I graduated. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm sure now they're embracing you. They're yeah, definitely. Well, uh, heaven knows what. Uh, tell me, uh, I'll start with you, uh, Josh. Tell me a little bit sure. about the story, uh, and I I know there's a backstory on on uh, your relationship with Ariel. Um, tell us a little bit about. Well, that. you know. Well, the, the reality is her agent called us in the beginning, and they, she said, listen, I have this girl. She's she's an actress. She's not doing too well. Uh, I'm trying to spin her story as a girl living on the street. We'll go. We'll put her on the street for a few months. We'll take a few pictures, and then, you know, we'll, we'll plant this story, which is, you know, one day you're leaving the Diamond District doing um, research for another film, and which was true, and uh, you're going to bump into my client, and, you know, you're not going to know she's homeless. You're just going to think she's just another Diamond District girl. And then you're going to, you know, meet up with her a week later. And then that's when all of the kind of details of her life are going to start to rise to the surface. And you're going to realize that she actually was a, you know, a homeless, you know, dope addicted girl who was in this kind of toxic love affair. And uh, and then you're just going to kind of become her friend for a few, four, for three, four months. And then... <laughs> You know, once the once you realize the other project's not going to happen and it's not exciting anymore, you're going to kind of turn to your newfound friend, who's my client. This is what the agent said, and then you're going to ask her to write about her book, write a, write her story. But the reality is, she's already written this book, and it's a great piece. It's a great fiction, and uh, you whatever. We'll just spin the whole thing to be this true story about how you found this girl on the street and. 
know, you, you asked her to write write her book and then turn it into you know a movie and then cast her. But again, this is my client, and she, you know, X Men just passed on her, and uh, you know, it was interesting. That's how she knew I, Caleb. You know, yeah, that's how she knew Caleb. Yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, wow, that is that's fascinating, and thank you for. Uh, for that story, that's a that's quite a story. Um, well, you're getting the break too. You're getting the break because we've been telling everybody that it. That, I was, you know, it actually would. It's probably more believable the way you just said it. Yeah, yeah. You well, know, there is actually there is a someone I, I stumbled about a month ago online. Somebody like a on Tumblr or something like that, or someone sent someone sent it to me. I didn't stumble upon it, uh, and they said, "Did you check this out?" and it was an essay or an article that someone was writing proposing that the entire thing is a hoax because, <laughs> because Ariel Holmes, there was a picture on the internet from 2006, no, 2010, yeah. uh, of, uh, on Model Mayhem, which is like a, you know, a do-it-yourself model agency website. Mm-hmm. And it was a picture of Ariel posing for a photographer, and she was like, you know, six, well, 16 at the time. So this person thinks that she ha- was, she she thinks the story that I just told you is would true. If she's listening right now, mm-hmm. she would be like, I knew it. Everybody, <laughs> should, everybody should be listening to me. And she thinks that, like, myself and Ariel have duped the entire world. But the reality is, is that True. The reality is that, that truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah. What? What? Well, so obviously in your meeting her uh, now uh benny at what point did did you meet you didn't meet her at the same time well, who who met her no 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 yeah. okay josh josh was josh Go ahead. josh had gotten very my, close with her okay yeah. okay it was myself and um the producer actually of the movie Ronna? fashion bear mcclard oh, okay okay so ron uh, bronstein ronnie bronstein is a good friend of ours and our co- a very dear and close collaborator and uh he he was kind of both Benny and Ronnie were both kind of these a springboard for um, basically, you know, my enthusiasm, and I would just constantly try to film and and making art and writing and everything. It's all about transferring enthusiasm. It's all about that. You basically you are you are moved by something, mm-hmm. and you are trying to figure out the formula in your mind to figure out a way to create that movement and put it into someone else, a spectator. I mean, that is. And then, and that transfer of enthusiasm is kind of like, I don't know, it, it, it gives somebody faith in humanity and faith in that, in that there's something greater going on than just like us living our lives, getting a paycheck and dying. Right. It's like, oh, wait, we can both be moved by some very specific nuanced thing in the exact same way, yet we have two different brains. And I mean, that's, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So in the beginning, Benny and Ronnie weren't really moved by this story. I mean, it seemed like a little bit, it seemed a little bit taboo. Like, you know, does the world actually need another film about junkies? You know, that it has been done. This is almost like a genre film. And, and it was basically my job in, to kind of explain to them why Ariel was so unique and so interesting and so resilient and why I was so moved by her all the time as a friend and then then as an artist and as a collaborator. And I think that that's where I think the yeah, real and, and, movie kind of came to be. Well, and, on, and even more so, I think then when you started asking her to write and when you shared those pages with us, that's also like, that was like a really big part of it because it was like mm-hmm. now we were seeing her voice and everything that you were kind of saying about 
her her point of view on the world and the names of the people that you remember you would tell me, but like hearing her say them and describe them just it just added to it. So it all came together there. I'm I'm fascinated by a particular sort of specific uh, aspect of what you're talking about because Ariel is responsible for the story. She's written this diary that became a book, but she's writing about her feelings, the experiences, and all the rest of it. And yet in her performance, it's uh, it's so much is conveyed by her body language, her face, mm-hmm. her facial expression. Mm-hmm. Interesting that. A woman who wrote a story that this is her, this is her life, this is her experience, uh-huh. and then and yet in her performance, it is so much more about the nonverbal. Yeah, and, and I yeah, think she, that's she was very. Go ahead. Yeah, she was actually very. She was she separated those two things in her in her brain in a way. Like before, once we started filming, she kind of took on another persona. Yeah, and that let, allowed let me, her to to get there. I should clarify, or I shouldn't cover, I should just point out that this world, this lifestyle, time, which is why anyone who sees our movie, anyone who's listening right now, you go and you see our movie, and we guarantee you that you'll never experience time the way that you, that you will watching the movie. Right. It, it races by as like a lightning bolt. Right. And it, it's for that reason, first of all, that I was attracted to this lifestyle because I hate time, and I constantly love uh, evading it by falsifying the, my perception of it but I but I will say that in this world time really is such a Benny where are you right now turn off the sirens <laughs> oh it's, it's, I'm inside mute your Can phone mute your phone that's okay sorry that's alright that's alright so I it's I, um, hey, listen I've been in New York in this, that's a New York siren time in this world <laughs> exactly time in this world is is, is you know, basically, if something happened yesterday, it might as well not even happen. Yeah. If something happened four hours ago, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Basically, you're dealing with you're dealing with hours. So to ask Ariel to reenact things that happened to her in her life within the past four or five months, you're, she because that lifestyle of time was such a crazy thing, it was so distant to her. So she was able to kind of she was able to perform it, which if that makes sense, yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Josh and Benny Softy, the, the director. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? The uh, the directors of Heaven Knows What. It's opening here in Los Angeles uh, today. That would be May 29th. Has it already opened in New York? It opens in New York as well today. Yeah, today okay. there, were, there were a couple of screenings last night, but uh, for yeah, it opens today. Very uh, curious about the reaction of the audience to your film, since it's such a New York sort of setting. Well. You're curious about the New York response or the L.A. response? Well, New York response. What, what's it been like for you? Well, I mean, I, I think that our movie is just inherently very urban. And, you know, Ariel now lives in Los Angeles. Okay. And I think that, you know, I think that there is an, I think there's, you know, this version of the, of the there is an L.A. version of the movie. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. probably mess related because, you know, there's no China white heroin in, in L.A. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's tar, but whatever. I, the, the responses, I think, I don't think the response really matters. I actually think the L.A. response is more in tune emotionally with the film than the New York response, if that makes sense. Because New York, everyone's just like, they're falling off the street into the theater, and it's just kind of like there's like there's no... And yes, our movie has a real feeling, and it's not like a reality film, but it's... You know what I mean? L.A., when we showed the film at Cinefamily, and when we premiered the movie at AFI Fest, I just got a vibe from... 
from the, you know, I like to see this film in a fictional context. I prefer that over the documentary context because, of course, the documentary context is, is obvious. You know, it's a, this is this real girl story. She's reenacting things that happened to her. Some of the characters in the movie experience these things with her. So, and some of the actors as well. So, to me, it's more interesting to see in a fictional context. And in L.A., I think that that, I don't know, I think that that, that that's a little bit easier mm-hmm. to, to kind yeah, of because yeah, you're, it's a, when you it's a frequency that you can tap into. Yeah. It's like you said, yeah, people aren't stepping off of the sidewalks that it was shot on. No. Right, right. <laughs> um, have to say that New Yorkers don't love the movie because let's, let's not get it twisted. You know, we're New Yorkers, we're proud New Yorkers, but yeah, and I, I think, think people, I think yeah, I definitely think what, what what's interesting is that yeah, I think that people who view it from New York will. It's not a New York that you kind of normally see, so yeah. that will be, in a way, interesting because it's it's uh, it's almost like a, a scavenger hunt in that sense. Well, let, let, I want to get into. I don't want any uh, spoilers in our conversation here regarding the film, but uh, I think we need to kind of go ba- back and sort of re- reacquaint our audience the story of 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 Ariel or her character, I should say, uh, in this film and this toxic love affair that she has. So, um, Harley has this, uh, uh, she loves Ilya and, uh, and that relationship is kind of the catalyst for all kinds of behavior on her part. Not so much his, she's certainly the focus of the film. Uh, what the, the different relationships that people that bounce in and out of her life, um, it's just a, it's a, just a fascinating character study of her, uh, and it's a testament to her uh, acting ability. She is just mm-hmm. very, very much um, uh, the you, you you root for her, and at the same time you want to grab her by the collar. I mean, there's all kinds yep. of reactions to to what what she's doing and why. Um, Welcome uh, to my world. That yeah, was what, you yeah. know, when I'm well, you touched. You touched on it. This film was shot as a, a normal narrative at times, but a lot of it certainly feels like you were out on the street and 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 no one knew you were filming except the the actors involved. Is is that fair to say? Yes. I mean, we we whenever we shoot on the street, we we don't want to cut off the energy of that street because right. I I think that the tradition of making a movie in a city and it doesn't matter what city you're in. It needs to function on some level as a as a document, you know, like 50 years from now. I mean, I know that a lot of people go back and watch movies, you know, 45, 50 years ago that are shot on location in, in certain places, and, they, and it serves like a functional purpose. So right. we, I don't ever want to cut off the, the life of this city, the energy of a city, and specifically New York, which is such an onion city where there's just so many layers piled on top of each other. We just we wanted the actors to be within embedded within that grain. And the beautiful part about that lifestyle, uh, if you you know if you want to really focus on the beauty element, the beautiful element of it, which a lot of people see this as bleak, but is the fact that it's so private. Yeah. That lifestyle is so private, yet it exists underneath everybody's noses. So yeah. I can't tell you how many times I sat on the street with Ariel or Buddy or some of the people who aren't in the film, but there's characters based on them and had really intense personal conversations. You know, obviously anyone can have a conversation on the street and be private, but like, and witnessed insane dramas, you know, insane fights, insane opera, almost operatic, you know, intense 
quarrels and 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 nobody says anything or does anything. People don't even look because they just want to shut it off. And and I don't know. I think that when we were shooting on the streets, we wanted to kind of capture that kind of you know. There's all that everything's a blur around them because people, no one gives a shit. Excuse me. No one cares about right. about this, this this these group of people. Yeah, and this movie and, and, is going to. Yeah, and that and um, and like. Just having the the city be the movement within the frame, as yeah. opposed to the the frame moving, you know, to add because it's it's yeah the, the the very fact that we're so far away kind of blurs what it, it gives that impression. It blurs that reality out, and you kind of focus in on what feels like a very private world. Yeah, and I was taken by that. It, it, the first twenty minutes or whatever it was, the first part of this film, I'm watching it, and that's a great way to frame it. it it's an it's operatic, and I think it's part of the appeal of uh, 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 the world of addiction is that everything is heightened and the movements yes, are totally. heightened and the emotions are heightened and the drama the situation yes. becomes something that is it, it, the you get you can easily get caught up in it and it's part of the reason people stay addicted it's that adrenaline rush that they're feeling all the time and that's how I feel. I almost felt like I was watching at at certain points. I was beginning. Uh, you felt like you were going down the road of a vampire film. Uh, <laughs> yeah, was, well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because we actually in, in early on we wanted to reference *Interview with the Vampire* because yeah. uh, the, you know it's you know it's one of it's one of Ariel's favorite books and yeah. consequently favorite movies. And we had a clip of it in there, and and there was actually in the script there was a character who. You know, whenever she would spiral out and kind of really go on a bender, she would, uh, you know, she would kind of encounter one of her friends from the streets who would be an actual vampire and then suck her blood. Yeah. We had that element in there. Yeah. We took yeah. it out um, just because it was too messy. and under, But <laughs> it, that vibe that you're picking up is, I mean, vampires, you know, if you look at the tradition of vampires in, 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 in art and in culture and in literature... They're addicts. They're drug addicts. Yes. You know, they, 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 they first of all, and they're they, outsiders. And they're outsiders. They're, they're, they're complete outsiders. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, it's not, there's so many movies that, are, that, that, you know, that you can literally just replace. I mean, Jim Jarmusch's last movie. Yeah. You know, Abel Ferrara did a movie called Addiction, and it's about a vampire. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's just. It, 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 there's such a, when it, you know vamp, vampiric if that's a word vampiric yeah. um, uh, culture is so romantic it's so romantic and that really and like you pointed at a few you know in your in your words just now you pointed at a few things that really attracted me to the world and which was this because I'm a, a major drama addict and it's almost a problem for me at times and. And that was one of the major attractions for me to this world, to be friends with, with a lot of the people in this movie, uh, is because the drama, everything was so immediate, everything was so intense, and there was no reason for things to be so, so dramatic at times. And some of my other friends would be like, just calm down, it's not the biggest deal. And, you know, but I like that it's the biggest deal. Yeah. Everything should be the biggest deal all the time. There's, Otherwise, yeah. you know, you're, you're dealing with nothing. Then you're dealing with existentialism, whatever. So I... But well, vampiric qualities is just like it's do or die, and I like that extreme. It's it, very extreme lifestyle. Yeah, it it veers into the realm of uh, it's almost zen like. It's spiritual uh, in a way, in a manner of speaking. When people talk about being in the moment, 
what could be yeah. more in the moment than these people arguing over the most sort of mundane, arcane kind of things? Mm-hmm. It's that. Is yeah, Ram Dass, yeah, Ram Dass yeah. is be here now. <laughs> this is this movie is kind of like yeah. I always say that because I'm always chasing the now, and then all of a sudden we find this this movie and this lifestyle that is so unbelievably in the now that you're stuck, and it's almost like yeah. you know, like Benny always like you you, you about Elaine. But you always. Oh yeah, always... yeah, yeah. It's 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 funny because yeah, this woman she it was a, our grandmother's friend. She's maybe seventy seven years old, and when she watched the film, she saw that now aspect of it, and she was very frightened by it. As as am I to some extent. But the the ability that she said she watched the film was so struck by these young people with no future and no past. And she said that would stick with her for a very long time. Yeah. And I think that's that, it's like that's the flip side of that equation. That it is very appealing to to, to kind of exist in the moment. Yeah. But by existing uh, in the moment, about, you're neglect you're neglecting the ability to have memories or have a future. It's 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 very strange. The strange. How about what you just said, Benny? Which is what a lot everybody who sees the movie and we found we find that this is the most kind of rewarding piece of this movie. We were premiered it at Venice and Toronto and New York last fall, right? George Whipple of New York One News, who, mm-hmm. uh, those in L.A. won't know who he is in New York, he's a legend. He's like a legend of early morning television who will tell you, if he likes, he hates everything. If he likes the movie, you're in good company. <laughs> George Whipple, George Whipple has, he's, it's no secret, he had an addiction in his past. Mm-hmm. A pretty bad one. Mm-hmm. And he saw the movie New York Film Festival. He went to see everything at the New York Film Festival. We're talking about Birdman, yeah. Gone Girl. I mean, this is, you know, it's the New York Film Festival. So, and he came to our premiere last two weeks ago. And, you know, I was like, wow, George Whipple, you're back. Because he interviewed us on the red carpet in New York. And he said, yeah, of course I'm back. He said, this is the, I saw every film at the New York Film Festival. And this is the only one that I still think about. Now, I mean, that's, in, that's an unbe- unbelievable compliment to us like i was floored by that but what benny just said which is that you know talking about being frightened by this now it's it's kind of it's kind of awesome that you can we can we have made this movie that is so tied into this here and now and like exactly what's happening and like you're saying sometimes about the most mundane things yet that now ends up sticking with you forever yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, I, yeah, that's uh, not contradicting itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But now, I never thought yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, no. You got another break. <laughs> another break. <laughs> I, this is going. Yes, this is going to go huge. We're going viral, kids. Uh, with, uh, with all this. Uh, no, I just, uh, I am so appreciative. Uh, By the way, I want to remind our listeners once again that we're speaking with Josh and Benny Softy, the director, co-directors, how you doing? Uh, editors, <laughs> writers. You shot some of this. You did it all, uh, and the film is called Heaven Knows What. It opens here in Los Angeles today, uh, May 29th, two thousand and fifteen. And I am so at the ArcLight. At the ArcLight, thank you. At the ArcLight, that's yeah. right. And 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 it also rolls Which is out. It's a huge feat for us. It's one of my favorite theaters in LA. Yeah, it's a great theater. It's a great complex. And then it starts to roll out. You were at the Cine Family, one of the best places you could ever be if uh-huh. you're a film mm-hmm. person. Uh, is at the Cine Family. I love those guys. Um, and they're great. Yeah, they really are. And then and it's going to be rolling out across the country. 
Uh, you know, there's a lot going on in filmmaking, but New York, I, I, there's a couple of people I just kind of want to point out that I have been so impressed by. Your work reminds me in, in, in sort of a communal kind of film way of Sean Baker's stuff that he's been doing, Prince of Broadway. Uh, Sean's a good friend. Yeah, Sean's a good friend of ours. Yeah, uh, uh, Ramin Balrani's uh, Goodbye Solo. Not, well, Goodbye Solo, but Man Push Cart reminds me. Mm-hmm. You, Chop Shop. Chop yeah. Shop. There you go. That's the one I was trying to remember, Chop Shop. There's some great stuff in this in this sort of area of cinema where you feel like you're you're in the frame yourself. I really, I really, that's the thing I came away from watching your movie. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah, George is right. These are images, and these are these are sort of interactions uh, that I'm going to remember for a long, long time. I loved uh, just so much of this film. Uh, And and by the way, for people who care about this stuff, killing it on Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, (laughs) check it out anywhere you want. Uh, Just getting fantastic reviews and. yeah, I think we're at like ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, ninety five as of ninety five as of yesterday, actually. So, oh, okay. uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, th- you don't get there, you know, unless you, unless you've really delivered on your film. So, <laughs> I, I really appreciate you guys being on. I'm so happy to hear that you're getting the kind of reaction, uh, not only from the obviously the critics, but certainly among the people that are watching this film. It's uh, yeah. well, well deserved, guys. Well deserved. Thank you very much, and thanks for having us. Oh, thank you yeah. so much for being here. And uh, I'm just going to ask because I I need to know uh, you got some stuff coming. You know, after this, you working on things? Um, Always, you know? we got five or six projects. We're going <laughs> to we're just All waiting right. to see which one we All wanted. Right. Well, oh, we know what we're doing next, and we'll do that in the fall. And okay, well, it's you, a secret. It's a secret, but it's a very exciting secret. Very good. Well, expect a call from me. All right. Thank you so much. Right. <laughs> okay. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 